Welcome to the Eerie First Podcast, the weekly message series featuring Pastor Nicole Schreiber. Last year, Pastor Nicole shared a series called The Most, where she examined the most loved verse of the Bible and the most sobering verse of the Bible and many others. We're going to revisit that topic of the most and spend the next several weeks digging deep into a better understanding of several more passages from Scripture. Today, we're beginning with a verse whose warnings and encouragements are often overlooked, and they really shouldn't be. So let's get started today and discover the most neglected verse in the Bible. Here's Pastor Nicole. It is a new month, and we're in a new series, and um, this series is called The Most. And for the next several weeks, we're going to zero in on some specific verses in the scripture. Um, Some of them may be familiar to you. Um, We're going to look at the context surrounding the verses and see how each one plays out in our lives today. And along the way, I really believe that you will gain insight into who Christ is and the depth of his love for you. And I'm praying that God's word just comes alive to you uh, for these next several weeks. And so we have a couple things I want to tell you about in order for you to engage in this topic. Um, First, there's a new class starting this Wednesday, February 9th, uh, right here in the sanctuary called Help, My Bible is Alive. (laughs) And it it goes through a book um, that talks about ways to understand and read your Bible. Um, I want to encourage you, whether you've been reading your Bible for a short time or a long time, this class is going to be really helpful for you. Uh, And you can register through our website or just show up this Wednesday night right here in the sanctuary. I will have the books ready for you, and you're not going to want to miss this opportunity. Also, uh, when you came in today, you received a group of scripture cards. Who got one of these? Show me. All right. Awesome. If you didn't, you can get one on the way out. Um, But these are basically like the spoiler alert for the month, okay? These are the scriptures that we will be talking about um, through the whole month of February. And I want to encourage you, I want to challenge you uh, to memorize these scriptures. So you want to put this in your purse or your car or your bathroom. Look, I'm not judging. Wherever you're reading, okay? And I want you to read these every day. Now, you might say to me, Pastor, this second one, I mean, this is kind of long. There's like four verses here. And you're right, but then I just want you to flip one over, okay? I went easy on you week three, so there's no excuses, all right? So I would love for you to um, maybe challenge your family, your friends, your small group, um, the kids in your life to memorize these scriptures, to know where they are. We know that when we put God's word in our heart, uh, something significant can happen. Uh, the last, on the last um, card of that is a blank card. And that is for, um, I'm believing God's gonna highlight some scripture to you. Uh, maybe you're gonna have one of your favorite verses that you have known for a long time, or maybe someone's gonna give you a verse uh, in these next few weeks. I want you to write it on there so that you can continue and just memorize, expand um, to what God is doing in our church. Sound good? Okay, so as you can see from the first scripture in the pack, uh, today we're going to look at what I'm calling the most neglected verse in the Bible. Uh, So let's read it together from 2 Timothy 2.15. It says, Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. So Paul is writing this verse to his young protege, Timothy, and he is encouraging him to be strong in the face of difficult times to come. And Paul wants Timothy to know that God can use him if he will make himself available to God. 
God will use him if he will make himself available to God. So how about you? If Paul was writing this letter to you, do you want your life to be used by God? Do you want your days to count on earth? Do you want to make a difference in the spiritual journey of other people? Well, if I know my church, I think most of you would answer that question with a boisterous yes. Am I right? Do I know my church? All right, so what we're gonna do is say it out loud this morning together. I want you to say yes this morning if you want your life to be used by God. So say, say it right on the count of three. Ready? One, two, three. All right, you guys are awesome. So if yes is your answer, then I want you to pay attention because this passage reveals the pathway to use for usefulness to God. So we need to expand into 2 Timothy 2 a little bit so we can see more of what Paul is talking about. So let's get 2 Timothy 2, um, 14 through 18 here on the screen. So this is what it says. Keep reminding God's people of these things. Warn them before God against quarreling about words. It is of no value and only ruins those who listen. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. Avoid godless chatter because those who indulge in it will become more and more ungodly. Their teaching will spread like gangrene. Among them are Hymenaeus and Philetus who have departed from the truth. They say that the resurrection has already taken place and they destroy the faith of some. So what this verse is talking about, what this passage is talking about, is if we're going to be used by God, we must become approved workers. Workers who are not ashamed because we correctly handle the word of truth. And the phrase approved worker speaks of craftsmen who are gifted and dedicated to doing excellent work. Okay, listen, we identify approved workers all the time in our everyday life. We ask each other things like this. Who does your hair? <laughs> are they good? Uh, do, do you trust them? What, what mechanic do you use? Right? Are they honest? Are they reliable? What airline do you travel the most? How's the customer service? Who's your family doctor? What pharmacy do you use? Right? We ask each other these things all the time because we are trying to identify approved workers. Workers that do their job with excellence that have the knowledge base of the issues at hand, workers who take pride in what they're doing and deliver what they promise. That's what we're looking for, right? So with those examples in mind, when, when someone is approved, when they're an approved worker for God, 1 Timothy 2.15 tells us, an approved worker of God correctly handles the word of truth. So if you want to be an approved worker of God, you need to learn how to correctly handle the word of truth. In the King James translation, the phrase actually means, or it reads, to rightly divide. And the original Greek word means to cut straight. Okay, it was actually an engineering term used to convey a clear or unobstructed path. And so, you know, there are some tasks that if you don't rightly divide or cut straight, it can cause tragic results. Okay, I think of a surgeon with his scalpel. The accuracy of the cut has to be exact for surgery. In fact, one small quarter of an inch cut in the wrong direction could be life-altering, right? Actually, could be deadly. You do not want to hear your surgeon say, well, um, close enough, <laughs> right? 
Or like, whoops, oh, that wasn't exactly what I thought. That's not what we want, right? Surgeons and their scalpels, they have to rightly divide. They have to be very careful. They have to cut straight. And that's what this word in Greek is saying, that the word of God must be divided rightly because it is our source of life. It is our compass. It's our guide. One quarter inch in the wrong direction can set us on a pathway to tragedy, on a pathway to destruction. And so in order for us to be those things, we need to understand it correctly. And this is why I call this the verse, the most neglected verse. Because studying the Bible takes time and it takes discipline and it takes uh, perseverance. And, And a lot of times it takes diligence to continue to dig until we understand it. And when we don't put in an effort to divide God's word rightly, it is tragic for our faith. The former president of Harvard said it like this, and I think this applies to reading the Bible and rightly dividing it as well. It says, if you think education is expensive, try ignorance. (laughs) Try ignorance. If you think that it takes time and energy and effort to actually be educated or to understand God's word, try living a life not understanding God's word. It is much more time consuming, is much more hurtful, it is much more tragic at times. So I want to look at this passage for a few minutes on how we can rightly handle the word of truth so we can be used by God. And we cannot neglect these practices. So let's look at it, uh, 2 Timothy 2, 14 through 18. As I read before, we saw in 2 Timothy 2, 15, that it says, do your best to become an approved worker. So here's these words, do your best to present yourself. Now, those words are actually another uh, synonym for be diligent. Some translations read, be diligent to present yourself. And so we are to give constant effort to the task of understanding and applying God's word. Now, let's just be brutally honest here today. So often, we are haphazard and lazy rather than diligent in our approach to God's word. Like, can you say you are giving your very best? Like, of all the things you're doing in your life, you are giving your very, very best to understanding and studying and rightly dividing God's word. You know, it's true there are things in the scripture that are difficult. You might say, Pastor, it's just hard for me to read. Like, I don't really understand it at times. Listen, it's true that it's difficult. But as difficult as it gets, we need to be more diligent to find the truth and handle it correctly. In fact, the more difficult the idea, the more diligent we have to become. Because to be an approved worker means we cannot settle on unbiblical conclusions. To be an approved worker, we cannot say, well, close enough. Well, whoops, I got that wrong. We cannot make that mistake. If we want God to use us, we need to be diligent to digging into the word and knowing what he wants us to do. I think the key to being diligent in God's word is urgency. I flew this week to a conference in Branson, Missouri um, with some other uh, pastors all across the nation. And as I was going there, um, I got a sermon illustration. Isn't that cliche and awesome on the airplane? (laughs) I thought, are all the other pastors on this plane writing down a sermon illustration right now? Uh, But this is what happened. The flight crew was giving emergency instructions, and as they were giving the instructions, they were demonstrating, you know, they were showing us how to buckle our seatbelts and how to deal with the oxygen mask and all this stuff. And you know what I was doing? 
I was sending my last text message before I got on the airplane mode, you know? I was making sure that I got that one out uh, to tell Joel whatever it is that I needed to tell him. And the guy next to me, he was playing Candy Crush. And the woman on the other side was playing Wordle, which is apparently like this new amazing game I have not discovered yet. And the woman in front of me was yelling at her kid. And like, no, nobody was paying attention, okay? And in fact, we were all thinking, hurry up, yeah, yeah. We, you know, we know, we know, we want to get going, right? We want to get to our destination. And then I started to think, suppose when I was airborne, the pilot came on the intercom and said, Ladies and gentlemen, we're experiencing you know, severe trouble with our engines. We're going to depressurize the cabin. We're going to make an emergency landing. The crew is going to explain how to use the oxygen mask and the flotation device and, and what you're going to do to survive. Do you think that I'd be playing Candy Crush right then? <laughs> like Wordle just does not seem important in that moment. We would totally give our full attention. Nobody would be distracted because we would realize what we needed was those instructions so that we could survive, that we could survive the impending thing that's coming. And right in that moment, the Holy Spirit dropped this word into my heart that, listen, someday soon, you and I will give an account to him. And we will stand before a holy God, and the scripture says that we will be held accountable for every word we spoke and every word we didn't. 1 Corinthians 3, 12 through 15 describes this. It says, if anyone builds on the foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, their work will be shown for what it is because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. And if what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. But if it is burned up, the builder will suffer loss, but yet will be saved. And even though only as one escaping through the flames. That capital D for day, that day is coming. That day is coming for each of us. And God's word alone contains his wisdom on how to live in a way that pleases him. God's word alone contains the path to righteousness and hope. God's word alone helps us know him, like really know him. God's word is as valuable as gold and silver and costly stone. And so an approved worker is diligent, does his best to handle God's word correctly. And not just when we get to it, but when we realize there is an urgency to these instructions there is an urgency because the day is coming and we need to know how to rightly divide God's word so that we can be an approved worker for him. So what does that mean for you? Are you doing your best? Are you like I was when the stewardess was giving her instructions? Or like I would be when the pilot came on and said, this is the real deal. Because let me tell you today, this is the real deal. This is, this is the one chance that you get on earth to follow in love and divide rightly the word of God. Okay, the second thing I want to just bring to our attention from this scripture is when we are handling the word of truth correctly, we need to trade powerless words for powerful words, which is God's powerful word, right? We need to trade them. Uh, verses 14 and 16 talk about avoiding quarrels and godless chatter. And I I love uh, what they talk about. Paul kind of goes all out here with his spiritual pictures. He says, look, um, quarrels cause spiritual catastrophe and godless chatter causes gangrene. <laughs> okay, he, he's not pulling any punches here. This is bad, bad stuff. These things happen to us. And the point is when we engage in certain types of conversations or speech, 
We literally trade the powerful word of God for our powerless words. Now, you might be thinking, okay, what are some of these, what's godless chatter? What exactly is it? What exactly is quarrels? Well, I thought of a couple things that would fall in this category. First, um, gossip. Gossip is any casual or unconstrained conversation that reports about other people. The thing about gossip is you, you a lot of times don't realize you're doing it till you're in the middle of it. And then you're sharing something that typically involves details that have not been confirmed as being true. Labeling. Labeling is when we slap a title on a person that is not rooted in truth or that is tethered to a harmful stereotype. Labeling is actually the definition of prejudice. That word prejudice is prejudge. This means we are rendering a judgment before we have all the facts. That is godless chatter. No room for that in the mouth of a person who is trying to be useful to God. Petty arguments is another example. Arguments that waste our words, fighting about trivial matters. These discussions do not promote Christ nor build one another up. Uh, petty arguments burn up time. They're godless, and they can also lead to holding grudges and fa- fracturing relationships. And last, idle words is another example. I, when I think of idle words, I always think of uh, the word idle like a vehicle um, in idle position uh, that's just stuck in neutral, right? It's stuck idling. It's just sitting there, not being useful to anyone, making noise, polluting the air, yet not accomplishing anything or going anywhere. And when our words are pointless and without foundation, they're idle words. There's no purpose. We're, we're just filling the air with sound and stink. <laughs> and nothing is actually moving anywhere. And so when we let these type of words fill our minds and our hearts and our lips, instead of the word of God, we are not useful to God's kingdom. And Paul reminds us of these things in this passage, that in order to be useful in God's kingdom, we need to trade powerless words for God's powerful word. Here's the last one. Let the word not just change your mind, but your heart. In the very end of this passage I read in verses 17 or 18, Paul is telling Timothy about two false teachers um, who diverted from the truth, and they started telling others, uh, they actually started telling them that the resurrection didn't happen, and um, that it didn't take place, and that you won't see your loved ones in heaven, and they, they actually began to deconstruct the gospel, and the thing about these false teachers is they knew the scripture. It's not that they didn't know the scripture, but they did not know God and God's heart. They knew the words on the page in their mind, but they did not uh, internalize what God had done for them in their heart. And what that brought me to this point is that God is not interested in our Bible reading as some kind of ritual to perform as proof of our piety. He wants us to read the Bible so that we will know him. He wants us to read the Bible so that we will see him. He doesn't want us to be able to, to uh, just list off arbitrary facts and be able to tell all the numbers and all the facts. Listen, none of that really matters unless we are getting closer and closer to the heart of God. And God wants us to see him in his glory again and again. So God doesn't just want our minds' attention. God wants our hearts' attention. 
I love this uh, verse 15. I think it's on the next screen, but it talks about how we need to present ourselves, um, present ourselves as workers approved by God. And that same language is actually used in 2 Corinthians 11 and Ephesians 5 when it talks about a bride being presented to her bridegroom. Okay, listen, when a bride comes to her bridegroom, it's very personal, right? It's a very loving act when a bride gives herself to a groom in marriage. Her complete focus is now turned toward her husband because of his love for her and her love for him. And that same concept is what Paul is teaching Timothy, that the scripture is not just a book of rules and not just a book of principles of how to live. It tells us of Christ's enduring love for his bride, We're his bride. And as his bride, we need to seek to please him and be available to do his will, to give ourselves completely to him and be motivated by love, not fear, not coercion. Uh, Don't read your Bible because you feel guilty if you don't. That's not the right motivation. The motivation is to say, I want to know the heart of God. I'm hungry for that. And that's why I'm going to come into his presence and understand his word. So the takeaways that we saw in this passage are be diligent, Trade powerless words for powerful words and let the word change your mind and your heart. And as we do this, we will be approved workers and God will use us in significant and instrumental ways. Here's the thing. God wants to use you. He wants to use you in every life stage. He wants to use you in every season The truth is, there is never a time you sit on the bench in your life. There is never a time you're on the outside looking in. Maybe you feel like that sometimes, but God is saying, I want to use you. I want to use approved workers for the work that I want to do. I want to use you. I want you to remain available. This is specifically what I believe the Lord has been revealing to me, to our leadership team, as our church body. That God is saying, no longer are people going to sit on the bench and say, that work is for them, or that was my season, or I used to be able to do that. But God is saying, I I want everyone, every person to say, I want to be an approved worker for you. I'm available for you. And God, send me to what it is. Now, we'll all have different gifts. Not everything will look the same. Thank goodness, because the body of Christ can't have all right eyeballs, right? I'm thankful for that. But the idea is no longer do we just sit back and say, God, that's for them to do. That's what they do. But the Lord is saying, I want you to be available. I want to use you in every season, every single time. I shared this with uh, my friend Steph uh, the other day when we were together, and she prayed into it, and the Lord really gave her a picture of something specific for her church. So I want her to come and just share with us. Would you welcome her as she comes? Hello, good afternoon. Um, So it was over a month ago, I was just up here worshiping, and um, as I was just loving on Jesus, I had this vision of members, and they were specifically older members of the body who have been here for decades, coming forward and being anointed. And it was like um, God was... I don't want to say reinstating, but he was giving you a fresh mantle. He was giving you a fresh fire. He was saying, I I still have need of you. There is oil still here in heaven that I need to bring into the earth because you are here. And um, so I... I felt led to share that with Nicole, and then it confirmed some things. And then we just continued to pray about it, and now is the appointed time for, for this. Thank you so much. So would you stand? 
Yeah, give God some thanks and stand up. Here's what we're going to do in response. So the worship team is going to um, lead this final song. And I asked the prayer team and the pastoral team if they would come out and just spread out. Um, there's some anointing oil here. If y'all would just spread out all across this sanctuary, all across the, the aisles. And this is what I want to do. Sometimes you get visions and there's no way to actually walk them out because they're like so supernatural and heavenly, we can't do them. And sometimes you get very practical pictures of what God wants you to do. And so here, here's what I feel is that if you're here today and you want to respond to Stephanie's word, no matter what age you are, okay, don't be like, if I go down there, I'm labeling myself old, okay? That's not, that's not what we're saying here. What we're saying is there's a fresh new anointing for a fresh new season for everyone in this room. And 20 minutes ago, I didn't do this to trick you or anything, but y'all shouted yes at me, right? That you want to be used by God. And so here's what we're going to do today is that we're, I'm just going to ask you to come down as the song uh, starts and you don't have to say anything. This isn't like prayer request time, really. I just want you to come. And as you come, you're indicating, yeah, I want just a prayer for a fresh new anointing. You don't have to say anything. The, the prayer team is just going to pray a quick, simple, powerful prayer over you and just ask for fresh fire, fresh anointing, that you would be approved worker for God, that you would rightly divide the word, that God would impress upon you in this season, the things he wants you to go do and go be, and that you would be obedient to those things. And we're just going to do that for these next couple minutes. So would you come? I'm going to pray and just come on down to the closest person you can find. They're just going to put a little oil on your head, pray that prayer over you. And if you're seated and you would like someone to pray for you, just raise your hand. We'll come to you. God, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you, Lord that you want fresh fire to fall today, that you want a fresh anointing to fall, that you want fresh vision, God, that if we're here, you're not done yet, God, that if we're here, you're not done yet, and that you want to do something through us, God, if we just make ourselves available to you. And so, God, would you do something new in this house today? God, would you begin to pour out your anointing, Lord? We're available. We say yes to you. God, we want to be used by you. We want to be workers approved because there's work to do for your kingdom. God, would you come now?
we say yes to you. <laughs> we want to be an approved worker for you. We want to be diligent and rightly dividing your word. God, we want to trade those powerless words that we speak for your powerful words. We love you. We trust you. Would you do something new in us this week as we memorize your word, as we put it deep in our heart? And it's in your good name I pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, if you uh, keep praying, stay on down here. Maybe you're like, hey, I wanted to go up and I didn't. The prayer team's going to linger here for a minute. Uh, but we would love to pray with you. Have a great week. We'll see you next Sunday if you're on your way out. Many blessings to you. Thank you for listening to the Eerie First Podcast. Please give us a rating on your podcast app, subscribe so you never miss a message, and share it with your friends. You can follow Eerie First on Facebook or Instagram, or visit eeriefirst.org for all our latest news, announcements, and information. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you next time.